Welcome to the House of Labor. This is Studio 371, the podcast, here on Mighty Union Digital Originals, your source for information and insight about our union. We're broadcasting from New York City. Now here's your host, SSCU Local 371 President, Anthony Wells. Hey, welcome to the Manilio Town Hall Artificial Natural Divide. This is part two in our series of podcasts meant to bring information uh, to inform each other to learn and give back. Uh, in this episode, we're going to explore how this generation, either generation, is similar to and how they are different from each other. We are, as well as how to apply this knowledge to create more engaged workers and healthier and more productive citizens. I'm joined tonight by four of our members who all happen to be uh, activists. Good evening. Good evening. evening. And let's introduce ourselves. Hi, my name is Mary Myers. I'm from the Queens Field Office, and I'm a supervisor level two. Yes, good evening. My name is Jose Negron. I'm a fraud investigator out of 109 East 16th Street, and I work uh, for the Human Resources Administration. Good evening. I'm Sesson Adams, a community coordinator for the New York City Comptroller's Office and delegate on site. Hello, my name is Leda Olivares. I'm a JAS worker and I work for HPA. So we come to you because there's this wave in this country. Uh, people are talking about the millennials. I call them the millennials, lovingly and uh, wholeheartedly with them. And how do we deal with, we all function in the same bowl, same fishbowl. How do, how do we do that? How do we talk about our common goals? also recognize what differences we have and come to some understanding of how we not just coexist, but we coalesce with each other. You know, and we think about some, I was looking at some of the, the slogans. Uh, <laughs> let me just read you some of the slogans there, and let me do both of them. So if you're a seasoned activist, right, you may know what the word copacetic means. And then if you're a millennium, you might say, let's get lit. Yeah. Not get high. <laughs> right? It means something different, right? So... Your troll, if you are using the word as a, as a minimum. And then we say the joint, not smoking kind, but meaning the best. A couple more. Someone who's ratchet is, <laughs> is what? What is someone who's ratchet? Um, the behavior around certain um, situations, how they come out. And when we said banging, what do we say? What do we mean? Nice, hot, beautiful, great. I love it. And when you say you're going to turn it up, Turn up or turn up, what does that say? Oh, well, that's when you're uh, out to go make a statement. And made in the shade, Jose. Unfortunately, I'm not familiar with that terminology. <laughs> <laughs> it was always a quiet reserve uh, experience. <laughs> made in the shade, Mary. Um, just, just chilling out, cooling, letting things just happen. And we used to say, bust a gut. My mother, God rest her soul, said, when you did some good, you're cooking with gas. And when you want to dismiss someone as a millennial, what do you say? Bye, Felicia. (laughs) 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 That's just a little idea. So if you want to do numbers, stats, uh, we could talk about the growing number of millennials uh, nationwide. In a couple of years, over 50% of the workforce may be millennials. In our union, about a third of our members are millennials. Uh, But I'm not getting into stats. I want to get into some hardcore discussions about how we can deal with each other and 
how we could be inclusive in, in terms of our thoughts and our activism. Because it, the bottom line is this. We need each other. And in our union, we always say we're not going to let anyone divide us by age or race or gender. So this town hall is meant to have a discussion about our outlooks and things. Let me start off with something uh, that I know is how is it important is health care? How important is health Extremely important. Letter. Um, well, as for myself, as for a female, it is important because of in the future, if we want to have children um, with the may or with ourselves, we have to see, you know, how things are costly with the co-pay and the et cetera, et cetera. So to me, it's very important. And I think all the millennials are on point when it comes to not just, just present, but the future as well. Jose, you, you want to chime in. Okay, well, health care is definitely very important, particularly when people like ourselves are approaching those years where we're going to retire and we need to be active as far as making sure that we take proper care of ourselves. And, and one key is adequate medical care. Mary, you want to try And that? I think as you get older, you think about continuing to be able to afford the cost of health care and ensuring that, you know, benefits are not too high, that as I retire, I'm going to get the same quality of care in retirement that I would get as an active worker. So she want to chime in on this one? Well, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I would like to say I was always taught uh, health is your wealth. Mm -hmm. So uh, my mom always stressed, God bless her soul, garbage in, garbage out. So one of the main things that you can do within trying to be healthy is watch what you're putting in to your body. So let's talk about working with in the union. All four of you are, are activists. Okay, you all four are very, I mean, very active activists. Uh, what are some of the challenges you've had, if any, dealing with people of other generations at work or in the union? I think for me, it's um, it's been getting young people or millennials to understand that um, what affects us today is going, everything we do today will affect us for generations. And so when we make decisions about whether it be health care or educational benefits, it benefits everyone long term. And, and that sometimes you got to stay in a fight that you don't recognize as your fight just because it's going to benefit you in the long run. Any challenges? And this is, this is open. This is real talk. Um. I kind of piggyback of, of what Mary said, that um, being a millennium and trying to understand the older generation to come into, um, to combine and not having sometimes the, the debate that, that they know it all or we know it all but computer-wise and we try to show them and enlighten them and then they don't want to know. They feel like that we're going to step, we're stepping on top of them but we're just trying to enlighten them how things work now, in gen you know, with our generation. Anything? Well, I would like to say, uh, you know, the bridge that gap, I would, from the millennial standpoint, uh, being raised by or taking the knowledge from the baby boomers and the Generation X and learning how to interface and adapt to the issues that they would say the millennials have uh, has always been a thing that I've used because the people that teach you that come prior Usually the main thing that we usually have uh, within our understanding is the communication. And, President, you made a 
perfect example in the beginning with the older statements that were used and the phrases that were used and how they've changed through time. So if we, you know, stay up on the understanding of how language can change from uh, decade to decade, right, what hip sayings are used for which terms, then it'll help with the communication and people won't probably feel as though somebody's saying something opposite to really what the meaning that they intend to have when they're presenting it. I think one key is us seasoned people to bear in mind, at one point, we were in your place, okay? And as a younger person, we had our opinions. Sometimes we disagree, but there are more things that we have in common. Whether you be a baby boomer or a millennial, we have issues as far as job security, as far as adequate medical care educational benefits, these are the things that unite us. And, and it's common. It's a, these are common issues. You don't have to be a millennial or you don't have to be a baby boomer. These are common issues that most people have. So what do you have to offer or teach one generation to the other generation? I think you all touched on something, right? And, and that's communications. But what do you think either generation or even within your own generation, what do you, what do you have to offer? that can teach the other generation? Well, uh, the main thing is to, st- uh, well, I like to say this. Uh, within the training from uh, delegates training that I, I received, and <laughs> I'm telling you when, you, when you're able to take the training that you receive and apply it, it's a beautiful thing. But then the aspects of the training regimens that we did in the for for the delegates, mm-hmm. saying a timelining of history, right? Of understanding people and special events that help shape what what is today, right? And then understanding that, meaning you have we had baby boomers, millennials, Generation X all working together, right? Diverse groups. But the solidarity within seeing the picture after each individual group put their piece together and timeline their piece, which led into the next group's timeline piece, right? So it showed just a chronograph, like a, a picture that just went from one frame to the next. And actually within detail of what major events happened that caused the union to take up and say, okay, we need to do something or push back. We need solidarity. We need uh, better communication, right? And and within that training, it showed from, say, the 70s to now, right, how things transpired and what events were that made us uh, a mighty strong union today and why we still have to fight for it and things to actually look forward to that may come up that were that they have once tried in the past, so we have a better understanding on what to see in the future. Let me get you a little more specific too, I, and I got that. So, you're feeling that this generation can offer your generation the historical context of what we do. How do we get stuff? How do we get to where we are? Okay, which yes. is which is sometimes one of the complaints that Absolutely. you hear from the older generation, the more seasoned. I can say older. I'm old. I can say it. Uh, <laughs> is that you guys don't want to hear that? But clearly. That's not your position. Your position is we want to hear that. But by the same token, what can you teach us? What can you teach us? 
Well, um, or your, your generation. What do you think you can teach? Well, us? my generation, I tell them to be aggressive and to have a backbone, just like the union fought for so many things. We want to know we're um, in the dark, so to not to be fear, to ask the season, you know, what is this? What? what how is this? How can you do that? And not to be feel like coming in. Um, working for the city, not knowing in the shadows, to have that aggressiveness in a positive light and be like, what is that meaning? What does this committee does? How can we all help each other? So when something occurs at work, we have that knowledge, and knowledge is power. Not just one person know all the answers and then, you know, someone's out in the blue or, you know, in the dark, and then, oh, but, but you should have known, but no one, you know, said anything. So just to go out there and then to, um, not to fear and to ask questions, to have a backbone and then and vice versa, both, you know, generations too. So let me turn the question around because they clearly have said what they think that they can learn from the experience. But what can you learn from the millennials, the millennials? I think um, just, uh, I think their approach to issues <laughs> sometimes is a little different. They come in from the approach sometimes of, you know, as as you get ingrained in an agency, sometimes people become a little fearful of fighting establishment. And then but when you when you come against new young workers, there's no fear there because they're not afraid of mm-hmm. leaving a job or walking away from a job. <laughs> and so they're more willing yeah. to challenge the system and and um I mean we challenge the system but we try to do it within the system. They're willing to say, nope, I'm not gonna do it. And then so as a seasoned worker, I'm learning to take that energy that they have and try to uh, and learn from it, but also try to direct it in a way that it accomplishes the same goal without totally saying, screw, screw the system, I'm not following any rules, but just understanding that that aggressiveness, if captured correctly, can be a powerful tool to use in the union. Do you want to jump in, Elsa? I think one thing we can learn and appreciate from the millennials is their perspective on things because it's a it's a fresher uh, perspective okay they're not they don't have the jadedness that sometimes a seasoned person may have for whatever whatever reason and it's always good to look at things through a fresh perspective we're going to take a break now and take a little stroll down memory lane with the Studio 371 Labor History Moment. The strike that started it all. In January 1965, our predecessors braved the freezing cold for a strike that would transform public employee rights in New York City. Fed up with skyrocketing caseloads, poor working conditions, and the need to rely on collective begging to address these issues, our welfare workers hit the streets for a month-long strike. Mayor Robert Wagner fired the strikers and jailed 19 leaders, but the workers found support from members of other unions, the civil rights movement, community and welfare organizations. Refusing to back down, they emerged victorious. Because of the strike, our members of SSCU and Local 371 won the right to bargain on a wide range of issues. They won the first 100% city-paid health care insurance, pay raise, and a new panel that drafted what will become today's city bargaining law. Soon, the panel will become the Office of Collective Bargaining. City workers no longer have to beg, they can bargain. 
For that, we have our heroes of 1965 to thank. So, welcome back from the History of Moment. Write that one down. That is the foundation of this union. And now let's go back to our questions and answers and discussion about this artificial, natural generation gap and how we can make the union stronger. What do you think the union can do uh, as an entity and obviously as an organization to bridge whatever gap there may be? And I'm not saying there's necessarily a gap. But if you believe there's a gap, then what can we do as a union? And and remind you, we are the union. Okay. So I like the fact uh, of the trainings that (laughs) the mighty union that I'm in has I, I love the trainings. And, Mary, you, one thing I can say, I was in your group, so I know you all took and honed my energy in, and you all said, okay, wow, I, we like that. You're going to present. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm not. That wasn't what I felt as though my strong suit was, but with their support, right, it encouraged me. It gave me that, oh, you know what, I can do this, because I, I had people that actually chronologically help put the information that I needed to disseminate out, right? And it gave me uh, a shield of armor where I felt as though I was weak within presenting. So I, I truly appreciate that and thank you for that. Um, on the micro, that was the macro, right, of the delegate training. So to bridge the gap between millennials, baby boomers, Generation X, I would say if we could find some way to scale down those actual uh, interactions that we have in training, right? So when we have like a delegate assembly meeting or something of the sort, we can give out a, a worksheet coinciding with a, along the the theme of how we the, were programmed to think during that training, right? But just on a micro scale, that way we have, you know, with informational points, that way we, can, we have something then the other members can say, oh, wow, they can see actually how we, not just the training that we do to actually get the information to bring back to them, but now they can see the way that we're thinking and taught to think to better help their situations if a problem arises. So that way we're thinking, acting, seeing, and understanding as one whenever something does come up. Anything you want to add to that? Well, I do agree with you um, to get the information as quickly as possible, um, like through group chat. We have a do quick the next wave. We do have a group chat that a certain situation occurs and is we need a response answer. Someone does answer, not automatically, but someone does answer. You know, uh, management acting like this, or we need uh, the number for benefits, or a specific situation regarding the time of you know, um, for example, FMLA or somebody leaves service and so forth. We don't know the exact mm-hmm. um, pinpoint information to to have that communication flowing. And to have a response, not instantly, but that's how we communicate the millennium, like on instant response to have not someone on call 24-7, but in that retrospect idea. So you would think it's helpful that we have started podcasts, we have Instagram, we're on every social media. How, how, how help, what's the potential for that? What's the potential in terms of reaching our, our, our younger generation, but just reaching our membership? How, how valuable do you see that? I like the social media um, 
I'm not going to shout out her name, but I love it when on Instagram that we have this um, feature that you can put something instantly and it stays there, I believe, for 24 hours. So when there's a meeting, when there's a um, committee where um, information is to be served, is on it. So if you have a smartphone, you can screenshot it and send it to others or screenshot it and print it real quick at work and post it on the board that we have, you know, where the, all the members meet at for lunch and so forth. So for that instant... Um, uh, I guess instant gratification, everybody's on board for that uh, situation that's occurred, that rally that's happening, um, that saying that's going on. So I like it. Because it's, you know, it's hope, it's like a one, two, three kind of thing. Instead of waiting through the great rhyme to happen, like three, four years, I mean, sorry, like three, four months. I hope not three, four years. <laughs> we're a little oh, slow. Three, four uh, weeks. That that no, we're not, we're, we're not that slow, no. okay? No, exactly. At least some of us are a little bit more rapid than that. <laughs> But, you know, but someone posted you know, it you. and then, yeah. you know, we see it later. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I just, I'm not the most savvy uh, Facebook or Instagram or all of it. But one of the things that I have figured out, and I think it's a good tool if we could use it, is that um, if someone's a member or they look at something that the union has and they can hit a subscribe button, and it, and so that every time they open that page, the anything new that happens in the union is gonna immediately pop up, and and it you know uh, I love Trevor Noah and I, I find that every time I open my Gmail or my or my Facebook, the first thing I see is something from Trevor Noah, and so it keeps me updated on stuff that's going on. And so I think if we could add that to our podcast and we can add that to our Instagram, Facebook accounts, that anybody that has joined or ever looked at uh, 371 um, 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 Instagram or Facebook account, as soon as they go into their computer and hit one of those, anything new that happens in the union is going to pop up. And it gives them, I mean, it just gives people... You're like, wow, that's going on? You're like, sometimes people, I, I'll talk to some of my coworkers, and they'll know something that's happening. I'll be like, oh, where did you get that from? They say, oh, I was, you know, I'm, I follow you guys on Facebook, and so I got some information. So if it's an automatic subscribe button and it automatically pops up for them, it would be good. We'll get out to our tech people because I wouldn't know that from Adam right now. The- but it sounds good. By the way, I love the suggestions we're coming out. You know, what can be helpful on both sides without saying, I need this or I'm not getting that. Jose, you want to jump in on this one or you want to wait to the next one? Well, um, I think one thing it will help is if we, the season people, can be a little bit more tech savvy when it comes to social media. And if um, I, I know with the millennials, it comes instantly, like without second thought. But you have some baby boomers that are still struggling with email. Okay, so, and, and, and it could be a bit of a challenge, but I think it could be overcome if we have mutual respect and mutual understanding. Well, one thing we've done, that's why we use all the platforms. Okay, there's not one that's more important necessarily. So we have email, we have Twitter, matter of fact, I did a a, a, twi- a tweet, <laughs> gotta be careful. I did a tweet on Saturday. Um, we have just Instagram, the cloud, a bunch of stuff. So we have something for everyone so that so that you're not forced to say, okay, 
I can't do that. I'm not doing anything. What we try to do is provide that information and have the ability to have a source. They both came up with two different things. And interesting. One was talking about tech, and one was talking about the old-fashioned way. <laughs> the old-fashioned way, which which is interesting, right? Yes. I, w- I would like to say, <laughs> uh, my president, and I say that with the highest honor, um, my mother, God bless her soul, mm-hmm. she, she always explained to me uh, the way that they disseminated information back in the day was after we organized the women would go and relay the messages while they were in passing and shopping to get back to the rest of the family, mm-hmm. right? So I always think to not leave other people out because I've, I'm like on that cusp of like, okay, I understand where we are, right? But I understand where we came from and I like where we came from in the sense of good old fashioned, if I see you in passing, hey, please give this information to the rest of the family and, and, and people who are, would like to be involved. That's, you know, that stays dear to me, that side of organizing. Let me ask you a question. This is for you. I got a question for you and a question for you. Which makes you madder or gives you more negative reaction to these two things? One, wait your turn. Or two, you don't know nothing. Both. Equally mad. Yeah. Why? Because it makes you feel like... Like you're less of. It's just the terminology that you're not known, that you're not knowledgeable, that you feel that I like I when someone says that to me at work, it feels like I'm I guess not worthy or not headstrong when I hear that, that I'm in another generation, that that's when I hear that, you know, that's how I feel. Same question to you, sis. Which which of the two, if any? I make you angry. I well, I try not to move on that emotional side of of that's those statements, because if somebody says, you know, wait your turn, well, okay, my turn is now. I have, we have now. Uh, and if you say, don't, what did he say? You, you don't know anything. Well, I would like to sh- throw my wisdom down with the best of them. So, hopefully, after we have our dialectic exchange or go through a dialectic reasoning, um, you will understand, and we can agree. <coughs> you know, within silence on moving forward with, okay, well, he does have some knowledge and he he should be up now. So let's move forward within working together to see whatever missions that we want to create together come to fruition. So which makes you angrier or more upset? Your time has come and it's time for for you to move on or you don't listen to what young people say? I think I don't listen to what young people say makes me more upset because I think that I make an effort to, because I know that um, that if I'm going to make it better for the next generation, I have to prepare the next generation. So I try to always give them, like to pick up the young delegates and encourage them because I know that they are our future and that I'm not always going to be here to lead the charge. So if I'm not teaching and training, then I'm disappointing the people that come behind me. So it it upsets me when someone tells me that I'm not listening to the next generation because I know the next generation is the future. So I, I really make an effort to listen, to encourage, to let them know that they can lead, that they can take a role because we need them. I have a huge issue when people tell me I don't listen listen to others because I know for myself um, one of the things 
I try to do is listen to everyone's point of view because everyone has a point of view. We're not going to agree on everything all the time, but there might be certain aspects that the millennium have that we seasoned people may not even consider it. And one of the things I always try to encourage um, the younger generation is to reach out to people like like us. Not be, not that we know all the answers, but we can kind of like exp, um, share our points of view, and then the millennials could share their point with with us because no one has all the answers to all the questions. So as we begin to wrap up, I, I want to know how important is it for anyone in this group to have, make sure that our benefits are protected and that we have good benefits? How, how important? Or is that important? Or is salary, getting the salary increase more important? Or guaranteeing health care is more important? So in that context, if you want to rate them or answer any part of that question, I'm okay with it. So let's, let's look at you, Mary. Wow, that's a difficult question because you're not making more money if you're paying for health care. So getting a higher salary is not gonna is not the only solution. But um but your benefits are vital. I mean, um <laughs> the benefits that you get just in order to be able to take care of your family, you need the benefits. So it's it's it, everything is important. It's hard to say that um, you give more weight to any, you you can't give more weight because you got to look at this as a whole system and every aspect of of the benefits package, the health care, salary, all of it is important. So when you, when you negotiate and when you weigh out what's the value, you always got to be looking at what's going to benefit us most as a as a as a unit as a group so i can't i think every i think i we need to negotiate it all as a as a group we can't we can't allow anybody to ever let us pick something we can't pick a salary or pick pick healthcare you got to always be looking at that because every time you gain in one area somebody's looking to take something away in another area and what you may not think you need today, you're gonna need in the future, you know? And so I don't know. For me it's 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 all a package and you can't negotiate one without negotiating all. You wanna weigh in? Yeah. Well, I agree. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I agree totally with Mary because as a New Yorker, everything is getting expensive from housing to health care. Um, we have to look for a future, you know, when it comes to retirement, our tier, if we, you know, get more salary, we might drop another tier. I can't see myself retiring after 65. You know, all those things come into a factor, but also I see the millennium not just working for the union, but outside too. They're leaving New York because it's getting way too expensive to live in house. So with, like you said, it's, it's all like a balance beam. It's like one is not greater than the other, and it is greater than the other. So, you know, we always have those questions, and how do we make each one valid and we should and we each one important to suffice everybody. I would like to uh, touch on, you know, the the importance of, as what Mary said, is the the balance as well, uh, Lydia, and the aspect of 
what information is disseminated, who has uh, insight on things to come. You, we have uh, different people in, in our union that have different expertise, right, and different agencies. So when we think about negotiation, uh, we should do our best to try to call a lot of the laymen that have a lot of different knowledge. We have, you know, people that have come out of our union, like if I were to say a Glenn Shane, we, we help, who helps a lot of members uh, understand the aspects of the difference in the different forms of uh, retirement packages that we can have, right? And what best, you know, helping you or helping members find out what best suits them for their individual life and family situation. Uh, but with that stated, if we, you know, coming together, if we do understand that moving forward, we can say if we look at the economy now, we might get into a, a, a recession, as they say, right? Uh, the only thing that I can see working and actually making it through the recession is a union state of mind, meaning solidarity, camaraderie, you know, that family orientation of working together, uh, buckling down because it's going to be tight, but actually sharing the information necessary within with each other to actually get resources that may be needed that we can that we weren't uh, privy to probably in the agency that we were in and so forth and so on. But all that goes in with the aspects of how we'll be able to negotiate forward whenever we need to say, okay, our, our contract looks like this. We see further down the road and what's coming. So I think we should get ready by, you know, asking for these increments or this type of health care, you, you know, to go with the change of the times. Well, all these benefits are very important, particularly medical care. And especially in my case, because I recently had um, surgery done. And I am blessed that as a member of Local 371 is the security knowing that I have good medical coverage. So therefore, I can take care of my body and I could be physically well, so I could be a productive member of society. And one of the things, Mr. President, that I love that you explain it to, you explain things very well. It makes no sense to ask for, say, a 10% raise in salary if 80% is going to go to pay for your medical coverage and other things and have other benefits that are reduced. They're all part of a, of a package that we need. We need wages. We need health care benefits. We need um, educational benefits. We need legal assistance. We need um, These are many things that we all need, and we cannot overlook one to try to get a little bit more of the other. Well, listen, let me thank you all. And, and just from this conversation, there's so much more commonality I agree. than there is this gap. Yes, there is. <laughs> That's why we call it the, the natural artificial artificial natural gap because some of it is created mm -hmm. right. and it's created for negative purposes mm -hmm. on both sides of the spectrum. I agree. Yeah. And what we try in this union, as you do know, is say we're all in the same pot. We're all in the family. I think you said it about the family atmosphere okay? and about having your voices and the fact that the future is now because if the senior people think they know all the answers and if the millennials think they know all the answers, then both sides are wrong. Correct. And there is no sides. There's one side. Mm -hmm. That's the union side. So once again, I thank all four of you. Later. Session.
Jose. Thank you, Mr. President. And Mary for once again bringing us some information, some discussion, some different ideas, and what we can make, how we can make this union better. Our whole goal is to be there to service our members, but not have our members not be participatory. In order to be a strong union, the members must be educated, informed, active, and participatory as much as we can. So thank you for joining us for part one of our two-part podcast called The Millennial Town Hall, Artificial and Natural Divide. We want you to tune in because we're going to have a part two that's going to go further into the discussions. Uh, Join us, be a part of us, learn from us, and teach us. All those things make us stronger and make us better. God bless you, and God bless the union. Thanks for listening to Studio 371 with President Anthony Wells. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website, www.mightyunion.org. Or please leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, Union Strong, Union Proud. Thank you.